Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. All right, y'all, there's spoilers dead ahead for this. I, I We still don't have a spoiler tagline. And I'm working on it, y'all. I'm working on it. Some of you were like, oh, maybe you could just, you know, have themed ones. And so, you know, we could try that. But instead, I've pulled up a list of words that rhyme with spoiler. And so for at least the next 96 episodes of Katie Hasn't Seen That, get ready for one of these. We're going to start with word number one. If you've ever worked on an oiler, get ready for spoilers. That's, that's what you, oh God, this isn't going to go good, is it? You know what? The irony of this is if The Rock has something to do with like oil, I mean, that'll work out great. Maybe this was a blessing. We'll find out after I watch this movie. All right, let's just dive into this. I always pull up a page before every movie that has like the basic info about the movie I'm watching. And so I just like clickety clackety right into my computer and I put The Rock and the first thing that came up was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So then I had to specify the movie. That was just something I had to share because, you know, I type in The Rock and then I just get the smiling face of Dwayne Johnson looking back at me. And it, it actually made me happy because I quite enjoy The Rock. He seems like such a nice guy. So then I pulled up the correct thing. And guess what? It's another Nicolas Cage movie. This is movie number four of the Community Choice. We've already watched 2001 A Space Odyssey, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and what was the first one we did? Oh, Blade Runner. Okay, I had to, I didn't have to look that up. I totally remembered what I just watched. That feels like so long ago, but this is movie number four. This is The Rock. We got Sean Connery. We got Nicolas Cage. That's all I know. I, are they in prison? Is this about Alcatraz? I feel like it's about Alcatraz. I don't know why I think that, but I, I, I feel like that's what this is about. I feel like this is a movie that I heard a lot about, or it was like one of those movies on I Love the 90s because oh, you all gave me a movie from the 90s to watch. This is from 1996. It's an action slash mystery, two hours and 16 minutes. And I did. Oh, God, I didn't know this. Michael Bay directed this. Uh, OK, Um, the music was composed by Hans Zimmer and Nick Glennie Smith. I, well, I love Hans Zimmer, so that should be good. Um, I didn't know this, though. Quentin Tarantino helped write the screenplay for this. Uh, Y'all know, if you want to know how I feel about Quentin Tarantino, just go listen to the Pulp Fiction episode and then like pop back over here to, to see what I think about this one. All right. So this movie also has Ed Harris in it. I'm trying to not read too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but I had no idea. I mean, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer film, so that checks out for action. Michael Bay. I had no idea Michael Bay did this. Also, Michael Bay, I've heard, is kind of a piece of garbage, as some might say. Um, I think with Megan Fox and Transformers, he's like, just look hot when she would ask for notes on how she should, you know, act in the scene. And he would just be like, just look hot. 
So, you know, it seems like he's not the best person to work with, but this movie's from 1996. It's gonna probably have a lot of explosions because Michael Bay, but also Nicolas Cage, who seems like he just did a ton of action movies. But like, I would not say that Nicolas Cage is like an action movie hero star. Like, what would you, what is Nicolas Cage? Like, who is Nicolas Cage? How is Nicolas Cage? If you're listening to this Nicolas Cage, I hope you're doing all right. Everybody asks what Nicolas Cage is, but nobody asks how. All right, this movie, The Rock, I believe it's about Alcatraz. I think they're trying to escape, which would explain probably Michael Bay saying like, I'll help direct it. I want to blow some stuff up. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of explosions. I feel like Sean Connery is probably going to be the bad guy. I just have a vibe. You know, sometimes Sean Connery feels like he's just going to be the bad guy, you know, but also Nick Cage too. So it could be a toss up 50-50 shot there. Um, But yeah, I think they're just going to be trying to escape prison. And I think Alcatraz is off of San Francisco. I just Googled to confirm. And yes, it is off of San Francisco's coast. Um, And then I found out some fun stuff about it. It's about 1.25 miles offshore from San Francisco, California. The small island was developed with facilities for a lighthouse, a military fortification, a prison, and a federal prison from 1934 until 1963. All right. I'm curious about this. I kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I think I kind of like Nicolas Cage movies. So I, I don't know. I'm going in pretty optimistic to this one. Let's get the ratings. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty for The Rock. It kind of works out because grit and rock. Okay, anyway, uh, The Rock is rated R. It is rated with a 7.4 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database, 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, okay. They don't have my Metacritic here. Hold on. Everybody hold. They have something called Voodoo. Voodoo gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Voodoo. Nobody asked. Okay, Voodoo. I looked up Metacritic and Metacritic gave it 58% um, or 58. So that one is kind of low for Metacritic. Metacritic's usually kind of a little more forgiving. And then 89% of Google users liked this movie. Let me tell you. I feel like the rating system on most of these websites and my opinions tend to differ. Um, Actually, in Discord, I have to tell you all this. I have a Katie hasn't seen that channel in Discord, which is a social media app. Everybody can join. If you want to come talk about the movies and the podcast, you can join my Discord channel. It's just Katie Peters Plays. And someone, a beautiful soul who goes by the name of Gothic Mess, created a Google Doc spreadsheet with all of the movies I've done for Katie hasn't seen that with whether it's based on a book, what the rating I gave it, like this whole complex document that was really cool to see everything laid out on and also the years of the movies that I watched. So if you think I talk about watching a lot of 80s movies, I think you should take a gander at that spreadsheet. So if you join Discord, there's a thing at the top where you can pin messages and I've pinned that spreadsheet. So if you want to dive in and see what get the Cliff Notes version of my podcast, definitely check that out. Okay, I'm going to go watch The Rock and smell what The Rock is cooking. I couldn't resist. I'm going to go watch this movie and then I will let you all know what I think. Okay, so I did it. I watched The Rock. Um, What can I say about The Rock? Uh, 
it was what I thought it was going to be. It was a Michael Bay bro fest supreme man movie. All right. The intro to this movie, we just, I, okay, let me just do a quick synopsis of what this movie is before I even start talking about it. The Rock is essentially a general, a very decorated and well-respected general in the military is like at his wife's grave and is like, forgive me, my sweetheart. I must take drastic actions because they won't listen to me. And, and then essentially, you know, this general gets chemical warfare, steals it from a base, and then sets up this elaborate plan to make the government listen to him because many black ops soldiers or like soldiers that do illegal things their families never got paid for what is that word restitution for what they did and then they were fed a lie about how they died and so this general is like i don't like how you all handle this these men deserve more respect and so he sets up this elaborate plan to dispatch chemical war warfare over san francisco if the government does not pay him millions of dollars to his Wow, this is a, it sounds so convoluted. I, I feel like I can't even do a quick synopsis. You know what? Let's, I'm just going to find one online. Hold on. I'm just going to read you the first thing that Google says. FBI chemical warfare expert Stanley Goodspeed, played by Nicolas Cage, is sent on an urgent mission with a former British spy, John Patrick Mason, Sean Connery, to stop General Francis Hummel, Ed Harris, from launching chemical weapons on Alcatraz Island into San Francisco. General Hummel demands $100 million in war reparations to be paid to the families of slain servicemen who died on covert operations. After their SEAL team is wiped out, Stanley and John deal with the soldiers on their own. Essentially, John and Stanley do take care of it. The general's own men kind of do a pseudo mutiny, but then there's like a standoff and most of them just kill each other at the end. But oh my God, this movie literally starts and it's like a video game. I've never played Metal Gear Solid, but I've seen some people play Metal Gear Solid. It felt just like a game like that. There's just rain for the first like 10 minutes, like downpouring torrential rain while these men are stealing the chemical weapons from this base. And I'm just sitting there watching this and I'm like, that was so easy for them to overrun the base. These men are trained military that are kind of on the general side being like, yeah, the government really did screw over those men. And so it's almost like he has this rogue mercenary team with him and somehow they were very able to just take over this base with no resistance. No, I just I just felt like, OK, let me just deal with this and and go. They're really trained military. They're special ops. They probably just know how to do it. It just felt a little unrealistic for them to be able to do what they did to steal these chemical warfare missiles or, or just these things that they put in missiles so quickly and easily. And then they show what this chemical can do if one of them is accidentally dropped on the ground and it rolls over. It seems like they're in glass, but then the one in the beginning just kind of rolls over to a wall and like kind of just smushes on itself. And then this man just like melts inside of this room and they leave him there. There was plenty of time for him to get out, but this crew he was running with just locked him in there and then he melted in front of them. And then I was also thinking about like this base got overrun by these people. This is one of the things I had to come to terms with while watching this movie. There are many 
plot holes. And there are so many things that happen that are just not possible and or realistic. And you just got to go, okay, Michael Bay, you do your thing. And I'm just going to sit here and be overwhelmed for about two hours. So we have these guys kind of stealing these chemical things from the base and then slam cut. We're over with Nick Cage in his lab where he's starting to unpack this box and they discover a baby doll that has sarin gas or some sort of crazy gas in it. And it's like melting one guy's suit and they're in this chamber and the water's not working and there's a bomb he's trying to diffuse. And like, it was very stressful. That scene alone was very stressful, very effective. And I was like, damn, we're going like one action packed thing to the next. Like that's literally what this movie is. It's just like... Like, boom, 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 boom. Sorry, you can't process what's happening fully until you're done with the movie. Can I just say this, though? In the the beginning, there's a scientist that kind of comes out and be like, hey, we need you in the chamber to check out this thing. And it's like, did every 90s movie have a scientist with long hair and glasses? Because that's the first thing I noticed. That man never popped up again, but I was like, Independence Day. All those movies, maybe it was just Independence Day in this one. It just feels like 90s movies always had some man with curly long hair and glasses in a white lab coat in dire situations. So literally, we're hopping back from the Nick Cage plot and this general plot while they're trying to set up this horrible hostage chemical warfare situation to get money from the government to Nicolas Cage just getting his girlfriend pregnant and being a chemical expert. This movie is just hopping, hopping, hopping everywhere. And I won't lie, because some of these segments felt so different than each other, I constantly forgot that Nicolas Cage was in it until he showed up again. And by the end, when everything's kind of more intertwined, I'm like, okay, but this movie literally felt like three movies in one. It's like we had the general plot, we had the Nicolas Cage plot, and we had the Sean Connery plot. So this whole time, I'm just like, damn, they jam-packed this. It's like a three-fur in here. So if you're looking for a three-for-one, The Rock might be for you. There is just so much happening in this movie. It's like the quintessential action movie. If you want to watch stuff just blow up and people do things that are not possible, but apparently are some sort of male fantasy, then this is the movie for you. There's just so much in this that is just not physically or logically possible. And it's all juxtaposed to what feels like episodes of The West Wing and The Wire. And also every actor in this seems like someone who could have been in The West Wing or The Wire. There were so many characters and there was just so much happening at all times that there's points where things just kind of blurred together and it was hard to really know whose side you were on. (laughs) I have to say, I have seen very few Nicolas Cage movies, but I've seen enough to know that this is the most animated acting I have ever seen Nicolas Cage do. And boy, was it erratic. He would be fine in one segment and then he'd be screaming about things in the next moments. And it was kind of goofy. It it also kind of worked and it was also kind of funny and I didn't hate it. That's a shocker and a surprise for everybody. But just there's, there's moments where it's just like Nicolas Cage is just screaming for no reason and about weird things. Like he pulled a gun out at one point, just started screaming. He was screaming about Zeus's butthole at one point. And it's just like the writing. And there's a moment where Mark and I were sitting there and I looked over at Mark and I was like, do you do you, do you think it's the writing or do you, do you think it's Nicolas Cage's acting? And we both sat there for a second and watched Nicolas Cage deliver some lines. And I'm pretty sure it was how Nicolas Cage decided to deliver the lines. I think it was just a Nicolas Cage 
thing. Um, some of the writing was a little bit weird and disjointed, but also Nicolas Cage made some choices there. The Rock is the essential macho male fantasy and at times very toxic masculinity movie. There is a whole car chase sequence. So Sean Connery is the big bad. He gets taken out of prison to help find a way to get inside of the rock and hopefully help take down these rogue military people and stop this chemical warfare. Come to find out at the end that Sean Connery's character, Mason, was actually screwed over by many people and maybe wasn't such the bad guy that he was made out to be when we first meet him. But there's this whole car chase sequence because Mason wanted to meet his daughter. So he escapes from this hotel where he had a shower and a haircut and it starts this giant car chase. And of course, Nicolas Cage needs the car. And guess what's right there? A yellow Lambo. Huh. And Sean Connery's driving his Humvee. But can we just talk about the sheer destruction that they cause in San Francisco with just this car chase? There had to be many dead. There had to be much, much to repair. And the taxpayers are going to have to pay for some of it. There's a whole trolley that goes down. And that trolley meant everything to the man who was driving it. And I felt for that man. There was water everywhere. There were car accidents. That whole car chase sequence. I was sitting there and I was like, bravo to the editor of this, because that would have been a lot of work. And there's a lot of quick cuts and a lot of weird zoom ins. And it's overwhelming. But I feel like that's what they were going for. There's a part where Nicolas Cage somehow is able to figure out where Sean Connery or Mason is and, uh, you know, tracks him down to his daughter's residence. Long story short, the cops end up finding where he is. And then Nicolas Cage's character, Goodspeed, is trying to make Sean Connery look a little bit better in front of his daughter by saying like, oh, he's helping the FBI. Literally, then like three seconds later, he is reaming out Mason and this whole movie. This was what so, was so baffling about that whole specific art. There is a line that just threw me for a loop. This whole movie, they've been saying the F word left and right. And Goodspeed tries to make Mason look somewhat decent in front of his daughter. And so this is how the scene goes. Goodspeed says, yes, ma'am. Well, gee whiz, John, I guess we better get going, don't you? Mason goes, whatever you say, Stanley. Thank you for that. You could have handled it differently. And then Nick Cage goes like zero to 60 and says, why don't we cut the chit chat, a-hole? You almost got me killed twice and my jaw hurts like hell. And it's just like, it's so erratic. Everything in this movie is erratic. But I somehow cared about the characters. How? How did they do that? I will say that from watching this movie, the FBI seems like a very toxic work environment. Everybody is so rude to each other. There's no grace. There's no understanding. They're just all mean to each other. That was one of the things that stuck out. I'm like, everybody's just yelling at each other all the time. Like Goodspeed finds out he has to go to The Rock and try to help figure out this situation to defuse these guidance chips from these toxic chemical warfare bits. And then he's in a bathroom and someone comes in. And this is this is a line in the movie. My stomach's doing hula hoops around my ass. Just gonna let that sit with you for a second. And then he goes on to say, I'm responsible for this city, talking about San Francisco, after he just destroyed it and helped destroy it in that massive car chase. Let's not even, like, how do we even talk about what happens when they get to Alcatraz? They get into the cistern room and it's like blocked off. And so then Mason is like, I'm going to roll through this fire and gears and somehow has memorized the timing. And just everything about it is just like, this is not possible. This is not possible. And it's so, it's so silly in a lot of ways. And I'm also like, why is there so much fire and mechanical gears and a mine shaft? 
why is all of this on Alcatraz? Like, I just feel like a lot is just not explained and you're just supposed to go, okay, Alcatraz has a very deep into the uh, earth mine shaft and mine carts. They are successful. They end up stopping this bad stuff from happening. The general kind of has a change of heart with one of the first rockets that goes off and, and sets it to go into the sea instead of the city. And so everything in the end ends up working out. Goodspeed says that Mason died because we learn a lot about Mason. He's not a bad guy. And so then Mason can hopefully be free and go live his life. And, you know, it seemingly worked out for everybody except a majority of the men who were trying to do the chemical warfare stuff. The hostages got out. So that's good. I just also was shocked at the amount of gunfire explosions and shots fired around all of these rockets filled with this toxic chemical, which I guess I've never even said the name of. It's called VX. This movie just essentially was, it was a lot. I It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I don't know what I thought, but it was not this. I didn't think chemical warfare was going to play in it. I didn't think that. I will say that it was probably about 15 minutes too long. There's just a lot to it that I felt was a bit overwhelming and random. But I will give credit to the fact that if you're looking for like an action movie and you want something that's kind of got some substance to it, but that you're, you know, it's not going to change your life. Like if you're looking for a movie that is just explosions, car chases, military <laughs> and things like that, I feel like The Rock checks all those boxes and you can get lost in it for about two hours and then come out on the other side being like, what did I just experience? It was like a Michael Bay fever dream. That is like what Michael Bay makes. Like it was exactly what I thought a Michael Bay movie was. So at least Michael Bay is consistent. All right. I don't know what else to really say about it. There was a lot, but there was also like not a lot. Like there's only so much I can talk about the explosions and the car chases, but like overall, it just, the one thing I'm walking away with was, is Nicolas Cage okay? Was he given notes to act that way? I just want to know why Nicolas Cage made the choices that he did for that role. But I somehow kind of cared about the characters. I laughed at times I wasn't supposed to, but I wasn't mad about that. A lot of times I was like, ah, yep, that checks out. I mean, it is a Michael Bay movie. So overall, would have appreciated a, at least more than one woman in the movie. Uh, but you know, I don't think that's what Michael Bay was going for. There was literally no women in this movie besides the pregnant girlfriend of Nicolas Cage. I just thought like there was there was no other women in this. So, you know, it'd be cool if like women showed up occasionally. But, you know, it's a Michael Bay movie. So you get what you get with Michael Bay, you know. So what am I going to give this? Oh, boy. I'm, you know, I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Nicolas Cage is randomly yelling Zeus's butthole, which is, yes, a line from the movie. And I quote, how in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell? I was taking notes on this movie and I was like, I don't know what to talk about. So I'm curious if you like The Rock or you hate The Rock, tweet at me at Play Katie Play or come tell me in my stream at Katie Peters Plays on Twitch or jump into Discord. We have a Katie hasn't seen that channel and tell me what do you, what do you think about this movie and was there anything that stood out to you? And that's the perfect segue because now I'm going to read some comments from you from the last episode of Katie hasn't seen that. If you tweet at me or you comment on YouTube or 
you talk in my Discord channel, I like to read some comments from you all on what you think of the movies that I previously watched. So let's get down to it. This is from my last episode on 2001 A Space Odyssey and Keeper of the Art shared in Discord. We rely so much on computer effects now, and honestly, a lot of them are shit. Katie is killing me with this. The shots are too long. We have no patience these days. I do feel like maybe going blind into one did it a disservice. If Katie was expecting an adventure type sci-fi, I can see how this would affect her experience. So Keeper posted that before getting my reaction on the movie. And then Keeper said, my reaction to Katie's reaction. I'm surprised to be honest. At the beginning when she was talking about how long things were, I was like, oh God, she's gonna hate this. I still can surprise y'all. So if you haven't listened to the 2001 A Space Odyssey episode, that's obviously up. If you want to hear what I thought about it, you can dive into that episode. And a bonus comment I wanted to share is from NLA Saurus, who posted a not safe for work picture, which ended up being, you guessed it, space porn. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about if you uh, listen to the last episode. But also, NLA shared a fun fact from 2001 saying, Arthur C. Clarke's novelization, written at the same time as the movie was made, had them going to Saturn, but issues with visualization of the rings made the movie switch to Jupiter. Then the sequel novel, 2010, followed the movie in keeping Jupiter as the target before the 2010 movie came out two years later. I had a lot of people tell me I need to watch 2010 now. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that existed. So that might be on the list. All right, The Rock was the last of our four movie special that the community voted on. I had like a mega list of movies. There's like 30 or 40 movies on it. And the top four were The Rock, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Blade Runner. Those have all concluded now, and I'll be diving back into the list. Maybe we will do this again in the future if you enjoyed this. Thank you to everybody who listens to Katie Hasn't Seen That and takes time to spend with me talking about movies and sharing a lot of opinions. And I love that you all share your opinions back. So feel free to talk to me on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, honestly, Discord, wherever you want to come talk to me. I like it when you come and talk to me and let me know what movie I should watch next. Until next time, everybody, if you're feeling down, just remember that Nicolas Cage yelled Zeus's butthole very loudly in a movie in 1996. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash katiepetersplays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at playkatieplay and on Instagram at katiepetersplays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.